This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Our time is four minutes after one o'clock. Welcome to uh, the second hour of the Power Zone right here on Power 98.7. It's our round table, uh, the first one for the year, uh, looking at uh, the SONA 2024. A lot riding on what the president will be saying when he takes to the podium there at the Cape Town City Hall at seven o'clock sharp. Uh, that is the time that is expected to uh, start addressing the nation and giving us a sense of how the year is going to go, uh, this being the year 2024. I told you that. I have three guests that will be joining us this morning. Two will be on the line. One is here in studio with us, that being Lithuanian Chlori Musue. Chlori, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, pleasure as always. If it's nice, we do it twice. And uh, I'm always grateful to be with you. Yeah, man. It's it's a, it's a big year. So I, yeah. I, I felt like yeah. uh, let's have a round table, the first one for the year, and look at really what we can expect in terms of politics, what we can expect looking at the election year. Also, uh, the fact that it's the, uh, yeah, the last sauna for this administration. A lot that we can expect here 30 years later. Also, looking at the eighth one uh, yeah. for the year or the, yeah for the country uh, when you look at uh, the uh, political space and how things have been faring over time uh, 30 years into a democracy so i have as tabilam luli who's also on the line sisman mutlong who's also on the line i see uh, george pro i see uh, people calling in uh, this morning so it's going to be a lovely uh, just conversation here honesty in terms of where we find ourselves and how then we can expect the president uh, to fare uh, looking at uh, SONA 2024. What is it likely to offer? Uh, what is he likely to say here? Uh, issues that would like uh, to would like to hear ourselves as uh, the nation, uh, you know, a balancing act uh, looking at the election year and where we find ourselves uh, 30 years later, the promises uh, that he's made before, has he managed to uh, fulfill them? Uh, you know, earlier on someone was talking also about uh, the scorecards, the ministerial scorecards, uh, and looking at how then departments have fared as well over time and uh, looking at this administration. I want us to uh, talk about that and go into it. Uh, this will be on 0861 Tabile, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Tabile? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you very much for giving us your time and joining us uh, for this particular roundtable, a very important one, uh, looking mm-hmm. at really where we find ourselves as a country right now. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Sisman Mutlong, a very good morning to you, sir, as well. Welcome to the show. Hi, Katao. Greetings to your listeners as well, Leir, Tabile, and Tsochi. Yeah, no, thank you very much, sir, for also giving us your wisdom uh, this morning. Also looking at where we find ourselves is going to really be an interesting one. Uh, what the president says uh, there and really how is he uh, expected to maneuver and ensure uh, that he says and ticks the right boxes whilst uh, balancing it uh, with the expectations of the electorates as we go into uh, the year. Uh, but before we even, you know, I start with you guys, let me just, uh, you know, go to the lines because that pro has been calling for quite some time or has been on hold for quite some time and then we'll get a sense of what they are thinking as uh, the callers and we'll try and respond juggle it and uh, you know we'll go about it as we go into uh, the show pro you're calling us from a uh, park town good morning welcome to the show i'm fine man i know we don't have a time like i will take a year and 
land and economy mm. we can't say, we can't say oh, you are free without land and economy mm. economy is still in the white man's hands our land still in the white man all right the second issue this uh, 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 thing of um, a uh, national minimum wage mm. as i am speaking from now they are clapping hands up and down whereas people they are working as a security officers cleaners at the hospitals department of education as a security guard even at the housing legislature people then those guys they are not earning any national minimum wage whoever is so fiba ya tsama ya ba ya fita ba ya tsama ya mara public they say we are implementing national minimum wage which is not true the, those people if you have got time eh, eh, go and ask the security guards who are working at a bar chalot mateke everywhere and even at the legislature ai yontyo tsanali ewe varivuela maga we are suffering me myself what ivori kibereka inyi kg aker yeah 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 that's why i always be in your show this time around these people they are playing games with us we are tired and we are suffering how many how, how much the ministers they are any yes. and they don't they don't use their salaries but they they will tell you that south africa i na chelete bona ba kebona le dingwaba ya le million le le million ethi e ya everything ba tsele wa ka mubuso ba tsetse wa ka mubuso mara we underground we are suffering we don't have Hey, that is the problem with the government of the ANC. They are still looking. They've got billions. Even the president is a billionaire. Why can't he take only a one billion and help the poor people? He can't. You can tell me where he help poor people, Cyril Ramaphosa. But whenever they want the people's vote, he say child grant. In 350, I regularly pampas someone. Don't fool us. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get you, man. You're, you're speaking from personal experiences, and that is something that one cannot or ever dispute because this are some things that you feel, you know, you're able to leave and you're able to experience. So, so you're you're not picking up a sense of a balance patriotism as well coming from the politicians. Yes, exactly. That thing of the people who, the, you know ama kanya wa utiba ama kanya ko ha ufita teflopo ufita stetele samangwe mm, mm, mm. this gwen ramukhupo she was there in ama kanya people they have been fooled by these people she hey, hey what what we are going to do this and this and this after the election you can't see any anc people even you go at their headquarters at tulu house they will give you an email they will, they will send an email they can't answer you and for the rest of the five years i don't understand what they are talking about i'm talking by experience because i always try and knock their offices they say i will call the police for you and even mutante by the time he was the secretary general these people they are helping themselves we are tired of those things we people underground we are suffering we don't have a place to stay but the land where is our land hmm. under the government of the anc poor people who are suffering underground uh, 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 kg but i would sorry hey uh, 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 do something for yourself 
government can do everything for you bona bajali chelete tsa government o government yetsetsa bona bona ba ba di millionaire rina underground mmereko wa rona ku ba after we vote for them they are enjoying millions and live anaba bona how ka gore u shwa bana ba wa ka di transport ba ya school of the public did you hear one day that the una le ngwana wa minister una le ngwana wa deputy minister una le ngwana wa director general the flood is said ibula ya ritiwana did you hear that there is a, a grand charge of Sarah Ramaphosa she was swept away by the flood or what that is not good uh, where you go to the uh, shop right pick and pay only black uh, people they vasapaliti li mola ukasibuya wabona mutu wa mukhuwa mola aba fetsa chelete iya ko mutu wa mukhuwa these people they are not doing anything it's very much painful they are busy hey, hey, vote with your right vote uh, better life is not our right our right is only to vote Whenever we don't know what, what we are voting for, we are voting for what? So you, yeah, you, we are voting so you... to get services from the, the government. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is painful because these people, they are fooling us. You can't blame the opposition party. The opposition party, they are not running the government. The government is running the ANC. You won't have to say, you won't have to say, capture. Alright, he was Minister of Police, Minister of Sport, Minister of Transport. That is a key deployment. There's no help about Africa. How many premiers? They are ministers. A lot of premiers, when they serve 10 terms, they by the deploy your minister. There's no reshuffle. What is a reshuffle? If a minister, fire them. Why are you reshuffle? You are making us fool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, let, yeah. Let's give others a chance, man. We'll talk tomorrow because you, I want to listen to the to your guests there. Yeah, no, pro. Thank you very much, man, for your honesty. You're spitting fire uh, this morning, man. I'm not mincing your words, not holding <laughs> back. And this is how I want uh, this conversation really to go uh, this morning. <laughs> for the call. Sure, 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 okay. Sure, yeah. A pro really not mincing his words. Talking. A pro really just going in uh, at it, talking about issues of the land, issues of the economy. So there's a lot that the electorate really can, uh, really has observed in the past 30 years of where we find ourselves. And pro even making an observation around uh, the ministers' positions and how things flow. Let, let, let me bring in George, who's calling us from Social Nguve. Uh, George, what are you expecting to hear from uh, uh, Matamela? So when he takes to the podium. George, <laughs> come to the show. Sure. <laughs> Yo. every year. <laughs> year in your heart. <laughs> So, can obviously, I'm not him. Yo, ish. 
of jobs uh, basically and and just things that have not been fulfilled over time according to your observation so hence you're saying uh, this question comes back 30 uh, years later and we still find ourselves exactly. here exactly my brother this question leona rotates is always rotating as in terms of yeah, no, it's been a long time, my brother. It's like, I want to get from a pillow. I don't know if you know it's a pillow. Yeah, that song, yeah, no. Corre Hogan now, I would run lapina, pina ill. But look on the Talohan or Fatilly and the Kokai. I was so not little hands a little make up in a young bonging my come connecty would really pick up. Cabuela in Mondo, I reverse, I are. It's an African. It's as a boat. 
So, so we need to also check ourselves. Exactly, my brother. Something born. You know, we should direct our anger somehow. Exactly, exactly, exactly my brother. I hear yeah, you. Thank you very much, man, for the call. Okay, thank sure, you, brother. George calling us there uh, from Sochanguve. Uh, Tabile, they often say ladies first. Let me start with you. Uh, so we are 30 years into uh, this uh, particular democracy. Uh, we find ourselves uh, with uh, this particular uh, State of the Nation address being the last uh, for this administration. We find ourselves, uh, you know, into an election year where we, when we're looking at how then things are going to fare uh, in this particular regard. We had uh, just in the, in the news there at midnight, uh, Vincent Maguena, the presidency spokesperson, uh, saying 15 days is what uh, the president would need to declare, uh, you know, the elections. But when you look at uh, the issue of, you know, the track record of the SONAS over time, uh, because uh, we had Semi even saying it's a waste of time. It should be virtually, uh, you know, no pomp and all of those things uh, they are a waste of money it's said to be at about 6.1 million rand uh, this particular process what is your understanding of the importance of the state of the nation address and how then uh, the country has fared over time uh, drawing on what our callers have said here tabile yes oh yeah you're back i'm sorry about that yeah, tabile okay Am I audible, Kasha? Yes, you are. You can go right ahead, Tabi. Okay. So when we look at SANA, which is the State of the Nation address, the mm-hmm. importance of it and why it's there, it's basically there um, for for the president to outline maybe some of the important things that um, they're going to prioritize as, as government. So the he basically just addresses the, the country in terms of telling us as to say that, you know, uh, because I think in two weeks' time on the 21st, we're going to have the budget speech. So first, the president tells us that, you know, we have outlines all the challenges that we have as a country and maybe some wins that we have as a country and says this is um, this is what as a government we want to focus on and then the budget speech then basically just supports what um, the president has, has said in uh, in his State of the Nation address so that's basically what uh, Asana is as to why it's now become a fashion show that 
still eludes me <laughs> till this day and why it has to cost us so much. But it's also an opportunity where we see all three arms of government actually yeah. coming together. Um, we have all houses uh, coming together, which is actually on a rare occasion where, actually, where we actually see all these houses, all these arms of government together under one roof. So that's maybe where um, the special uh, of it comes in, where we actually get to see all these different players in government coming together. And furthermore, on that, what we've seen when it comes to the SANA over the years, it's now become a manifesto for the ANC. Um, It's now become a praise party of what the ANC has done. I mean, granted, it is the ANC in government, but it has lacked that, um, it has really lacked the purpose of what it's there for, which is basically, you know, the president um, addressing its, the, the nation who are, you know, come from or who support rather different political parties and who stand for different things, but rather it's been a, a manifesto for the ANC to say this is what the ANC has done and this is what the ANC will do um, coming in, in, the, in the next financial year. And I really particularly want to focus on last year's yeah. uh, State of the Nature, Nation yes. address where the ANC really fumbled that State of the Nation address because <laughs> so much, it, it was an opportunity for them to redeem themselves and get an, a head and early starts looking at this year's elections, elections but yeah. they really played it safe in terms of the priorities um, and you know with the introduction of the Minister of Electricity who was going to lead the Department of Health it was really an opportunity for the ANC to redeem themselves because already citizens were disgruntled, already we had a, already the, the ANC was aware of really on the ground the, the rumours and the murmurs of how people were feeling especially so close to the election so it could have been an, an important point where the ANC was, was supposed to say we are still here as the government but they really played it safe and really didn't make much of an effort to to make a difference and in not making much of a difference even the um you know what they've wanted in terms of the um in terms of of what they plan to do in last year's honor you find that it hasn't uh translated into the communities just looking at ESCOM alone and looking at you know having that minister of electricity just last sunday you had you know ESCOM saying that we are in stage two load shedding so what was the point of of you know even yeah, adding a new yeah. minister to come and actually make um that was supposed to make changes if it wasn't going to reflect so it's been a lot of empty promises it's been a lot of um it's in the manifesto for the ANC, but yet again, it still has been something that has not translated to the ground. It, it, it definitely has had no impact on the citizens on the ground, and that is what the sauna is there for, to actually have an impact on the people below. Yeah, no, you're right, Tabile. Uh, looking at uh, what happened last year, and I was going to go there as well to say that maybe also we should look at the promises uh, that were made uh, last year, but not just last year alone, uh, just mm-hmm. in the past uh, 30 years, because that's where we find ourselves. And uh, I mean, we had President uh, Ramaphosa often reminding us of the fact that we are uh, 30 years into a democracy, and uh, that is not a small fit. So 
it's, it's more or less uh, important that we uh, reflect and we touched on uh, what really happened in uh, the past years. Let me bring you in. I mean, when you look at it, it doesn't appear to be an exciting one uh, for South Africans looking at uh, those callers that we had uh, pro talking about issues of the land and the economy. It was talking about the national minimum wage, uh, empty promises, even giving us practical examples of how uh, then uh, the uh, imbalances, how things are happening in terms of uh, if you are politically connected or you are the son of a politician, uh, you're not affected by the socioeconomic challenges that, uh, you know, every day, that, that are everyday challenges of ordinary South Africans and what they're going through. Uh, we hear George talking about issues of jobs, uh, saying that really 30 years later, uh, you know, it's like the same script over and over again and we're not seeing a move and change uh, in terms of what has been happening on the ground. Semi uh, just going all out to say that they can't be trusted, uh, in, you know, and, you know, they were clueless also when they walked into uh, these positions. Uh, and uh, really, this is why we find ourselves here. W- w- what do you make? What are you picking from, uh, you know, the state of uh, affairs where South Africans are concerned? And this then would uh, present a challenging task uh, for the president when he takes to that podium who will have to uh, perform some sort of a miracle, a balancing act, uh, looking at him being honest, uh, but also giving us a pathway into how the year is going to go. This, of course, being an election year. Uh, I think as Tavide says that last year it's like the NC bungled on this thing, a missed moment for them to really get ahead for this year. But you do understand why they really failed to position themselves at an advantage. As you're saying, uh, President Ramaphosa or NC since last year, you remember even not last year from local government elections, I think it was 2021 or so, they were saying uh, it is it is. They were saying something like, "We are sorry, we failed. Give us one more chance." Uh-huh. And in that moment of asking for one more chance, they have changed tune now to not refocus really our attention on what they have done differently with the chance they were given, but they are taking us back to '94 to say look at all the gains that we have achieved uh, cumulatively and don't evaluate us over a term or this administration here, the mm-hmm. Ramaphosa. And I agree with the, I think it was the semi, the element of public um, uh, morale, mm-hmm. the public morale is definitely low. And the determinant of public morale uh, on one aspect government performance and if government is failing the people will be despondent and yes the element yeah state of the nation looks like a same template to go look at Ramaphosa from 2018 it's like at any given moment he wants to find a way to fit in Nelson Mandela you know he wants to cite him because Mandela, this is 30 years, this is the 20 years Mandela, since Mandela. Oh, so you you see there's a common template in what they are doing. Like you're saying as well from Zuma, Mbeki, 
but in aspect their template we could even say this shows the lack of progress we've made because it's like for every state of the nation we have standing items that are crime uh, criminality uh, joblessness uh, we have issues that are electricity mm-hmm. uh, as a problem we have issues that are small enterprises and despite there is a commitment from government or we will have that and that support to small enterprises you go to the black people who are in agriculture and you ask them what technical support they've received or any implements or seed support they've received from the department of land and agriculture you you'd, you'd hear of many stories of uh, promises from administration, these technical managers who don't really come through to help the black people in farming and access to land uh, to to do your farming activities. Mm. You still have, as a, a bro saying, a racially slanted uh, agricultural sector where the white farmers, even in, in, in breeding pigs, uh, they are the ones with an advantage who have more support, more infrastructure, more entry to market. So it, it's a big issue that shows our government has not been systematic. The element in Ayahore, they've been giving promises and not delivering. It shows that there hasn't been a serious uh, conversation about how bad things are in the country. We know we want to, as politicians, they want to give hope instead of saying, let's have an an honest talk. Mm -hmm. This is where the state is. How the state of the nation, we're calling about the condition, the status. So we are saying we are a failing economy. We are an economy that is not growing. And uh, I hear boys saying, they end up saying to you, but government cannot solve everything. It, but that is true. Government cannot create all the jobs. You've seen how with the, Ramaphosa came through with the youth employment services, the presidential job interventions. Uh, but we haven't had the private sector reciprocating. The likes of Kosaki have been fighting are complaining about this capital protest story. The capitalists have now withdrawn their money from the market. They are holding it instead of releasing it to the growth economy. So let's part on this. It says to us, we have to check because since Ramaphosa came, he has been talking about this social compact and they had a job summit. They have a compact on infrastructure, you know, a compact on electricity, but we have not really seen the this compact materializing. More than that, we have not asked the question of it, because if you really understand a social contract or what they take, the tradition compact comes from that contract tradition, there has to be the responsibility of the people. We are contracting as civilians yeah. with the state. So what is our our duty? What is our role as, as civilians? When we talk about illegal waste, uh, we understand Bambari illegal waste we are dumping because 
Mm. Municipality doesn't bring tractors and trucks to collect waste. But are we saying because that is not happening, we can throw anywhere and everywhere until we block storm drains and we are hit by floods and we are living in a very uh, and poor sanitation because of the waste that we have put. What is our duty collectively as citizens at a what level and so forth? We haven't had that conversation. I feel like we have let everything to government. We are spectators in, in the governance arena. So that is something we need to reflect on as well. And the critical question as well, I hear uh, Tabila saying it, it, it posits the agenda of your the state or government from now on. My question is, we have to evaluate the extent to which the state of the nation fits in and influences uh, government service delivery programs. If we are to measure Infulani municipality this year, we could say, how have Infulani worked in the past year based on what uh, Ramaphosa said in the state of the nation? I feel all the departments are not synchronizing with what uh, the state has said. So there is a big gap. We end up seeing this government doing uh, signature programs because they want to siphon some numbers from there because Ramaphosa said during State of the Nation they have to do something new like Bupanyaza doing then you'll hear Ramaphosa we've hired so many police we've hired so many peace police because generally I think the departments are not really bound to implement what the president has said at the State of the Nation. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a lot that you've mentioned there, uh, but I want to bring Tori in as well uh, in terms of what assessment has said and the observation of Tabide uh, in where we find ourselves right now and how then we would like to see a little bit of change coming from uh, this all important occasion uh, because then South Africans will be uh, watching to get an understanding of how then government is going to move in terms of changing uh, their lives and it's going to seemingly be somewhat of a mammoth task uh, for uh, the party is. You know, both of uh, our analysts here are saying it's a little bit too late uh, then or it would be uh, for the ANC to try by all means to uh, salvage on uh, this particular all-important occasion. Also looking at the fact that uh, we are uh, 15 days from now, we'll be getting a sense of when the elections are going to be uh, taking place. But then it doesn't look like South Africans are even excited about this uh, particular program. Well, certainly, I think we find ourselves at a crossroads. But what one has come to realize, especially where South Africans are concerned, is that uh, our anger, our frustration, and certainly even our public participation as an active citizenry is often a fleeting uh, thing insofar as we find ourselves uh, in a space where you know it's 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 we're angry because of all these things and as rightfully said by by Tavile as well there's a number of missteps that you find the ruling party has taken and as a result of those missteps it's only uh, it's inherently okay and acceptable for us to be frustrated because of the expectations that come with the fact that uh, 30 years and i think when you look at it when you uh, 
and this is not the first and the last time what will be underpinned in the state of the nation before anything else is 30 years of democracy. Any program that's introduced, anything that will be spoken between now uh, up until the end of 2024 will be the 30 years of democracy. And fact of the matter is, uh, rightfully so, we, 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 we can't blame them uh, for, for, for wanting to do that because it would be a strategy that they use. It's playing to an element that they know they have uh, in their corner. Similarly so, it's, uh, you know, if they use as an election strategy, just to take an aside, the notion, Yaori, uh, they have the experience in governance, yes, when it comes to certain things but we're the only people that have been able to govern so far and so you don't want to take that chance you know so it ends up being a better the devil that you know than the one that you don't know but to that point uh, the, 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 the issue and the frustrations whilst they are justified it's really like uh, what was shared by that this notion of the social contract in which you know we agree to live together as people in the society with an agreement of establishing moral and political principles and you know those principles are that we will give up a certain level of our autonomy uh, to live under these laws so that people may be able to provide uh, for us and those things certainly are there you know but the three principles are of course the fact that there's a responsibility uh, of protecting and providing by the government there's a shared responsibility by us as a citizenry to ensure that they do that that we abide by the laws that we help enforce them to make those things proper uh, and certainly then there's of course the whole notion of sharing so when you look at that and i think this is the the sad reality, and I think this is something we have shared in so many other instances, is the fact that there's only so much government can do. And yes, of course, they have in a number of instances screwed the pooch, if you will, in terms of missing this mark, missing that mark, yeah. missing that mark. But it is our inability or our lack of being a politically inclined and a politically literate uh, citizenship, the citizenry, sorry, that allows us to then find ourselves in this moment that then leads to this growing frustration, this growing uh, notion. But also, if we look at uh, something so some uh, something so very interesting is we have given up our autonomy to allow a government to be able to do this that and the other for us to provide to protect us to allow and create conditions of self-preservation and uh, you know uh, self-determination yeah. sharp fine we, we we give those rights we elect them and or we elect parties who, who then choose representatives for us cool but then here's the, the the funny thing is in the midst of that we then are unable to fully hold them accountable for the things that they say because we never really understand if we look at the unemployment issue or whatever nine out of ten times you would find uh, anyone in power in political power talking about creating jobs now it's one thing to create jobs in an economy but until you realize or until you actively share what are the jobs that you're creating, yeah. what are the skills that you're developing. So, for example, there was uh, something that was recently shared about some of the uh, critical skills. Mm. 
yeah. uh, required in South Africa. Amongst that were, you know, draftsmen and and and, and electricians and uh, nursing was There's somewhere doctors there. Doctors there as uh, well. Doctors, yeah. policy analysts, and all those other yeah. things. So those are critical skills that you require or that are required within mm. a certain workspace. So now then that speaks to the social impact, a uh, social compact that that the Mutlowing was referring to, to be able to say now government doesn't have capacity to provide for all these things. Mm. So we now need the private sector to come in. The private sector is, has not come in because now they're holding us at ransom because why uh, the things that the government are doing uh, are not uh, in alignment to what they believe and what they want. Sharp, fine. Now, then comes the government with a sense of saying, this are, these are, we want to create jobs. But we never question what type of jobs are these jobs actually aligned with trying to grow the economy? Are these jobs or these employment opportunities sustainable? Do they have a sense of permanence? And then they then are able to curtail everything and, you know, just dodge around it and dance around it because they'll say then, yeah. oh, no, it's eh, employment opportunities or it's a jobs we didn't say permanent jobs it's a jobs or you know <laughs> it's, and so it's, it's those catch 22s that we then realize that once they <sighs> laid the foundation we do not analyze what it actually means and then before it's too late but and then we ask ourselves then we sit with that level of frustration to be able to say you know they didn't mm -hmm. do this and when you then look at it it's like but the presidential employment plan, Kio, it's not enough, yeah. but it's something because they said jobs. But five years from now, the, those people are not working anymore, mm -hmm. but they still gave us jobs. <laughs> this is where we find ourselves. And, and a reminder to our listeners at home that the lines are open We're on 0861-987-000. It's a roundtable, right, looking at the state of affairs, looking at the state of the nation address uh, 2024, uh, 30 years later. I have brilliant minds here uh, with me, Tabidem Luli, uh, Sisman Mutloung, and who's here in studio with us. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts, if more or less uh, you reckon uh, this is something that will be uh, giving us something new, if you reckon uh, really more or less 30 years later uh, like what others are alluding to we find ourselves at crossroads and we don't really see this particular process here uh, bring about somewhat of solutions looking at where we find ourselves uh, Silas you're calling us from uh, Pretoria North good morning welcome to the show good morning Fire hey how are you Silas uh, I'm hey to Silas all good, um, man. What, what's on your mind this morning? Yeah, no, no problem. I'm happy to be on the here with you guys. No. Um, I think I would like to support uh, previous callers mm. before the two um, people on the line. Mm. Um, I think I don't want to be a politician. But I would like just to comment on the state of the affairs of our country. Yes, sir. And I will go back when we are trying to celebrate democracy of 30 years. I want to sensitize ourselves to the fact that we don't have anything to celebrate yet. Mm. And I will try to, in a way, to allude my leaders in ENC to the fact that history is going to judge that we try to fight for a struggle, we can say for 100 years, 
But 30 years down the line, and I will say this again, I think it's 28 years that we actually have the mantle of controlling the country. But what are we going to tell a child that was born in 1994 or 1996? They were growing up to, to, to get to know an history or a story of how we fought to get this. But they are old now. A child born in 1994, they are 30 years old already. Mm, mm. How, what can we tell them? What have we really achieved? We try to claim the land, we try to claim the economy. But if, let me just say this hypothetically, if we are running a family business and we call it ANC to fight for the people of South Africa, and today, we have nothing to show. Do we have a family to run or not? Because all that we fought for, all that we clamored for, we have not really achieved it. We are in poverty. We have nothing to show in the last 28 years. I would say 28 years anyway. We can say 30 years, but we have nothing to show for it. I just wish we can call our family in, in, in order, deploy somebody that is competent to run a department. And I will say this again, don't run South Africa as an ANC because you have failed us as an ANC. Run South African as a black man. The Ubuntu should still count. Mm, mm. Presently, we have nothing to show. To be honest, I, would just, I don't want to know who was born in 1950s or 40s or 60s. Can we just think about a child that was born in 1994 mm. and in 1996? What can we tell them with what they were read in the history and what is happening right now? So it's, it's not something that you reckon uh, where we find ourselves right now is inspiring confidence even for uh, the young ones. Uh, so uh, are you... In, in reality, less... what can we show the young ones? Mm. When you say young ones, mm. you're going to be talking about people that were born in 90, 1990s. Mm. They are not young anymore. Mm. Mm. They are not young anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can we show them? We are still living in, in poverty. The, the crime is rising because of what? We all know that. There is no sane man or woman who engage in crime. If they are, they have, they are busy doing something civic, which is a basic living. Employment, engagement. So, 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 so is running you, our country down. So would you? They then are running say, the country as if it's their own family business. Okay. South Africa doesn't belong to ANC alone. I wanted to come in there, Silas, before I let you go. So would Please. you then say that uh, the previous State of the Nation addresses that we've seen uh, being delivered there by the heads of states uh, have failed to you know, inspire confidence for the last or change? 30 years. 
it's only promises. And unfortunately, I can say in the last maybe 20 years, things were a bit different. Let me say 10, 20 years ago, I can say that when ANC took the mantle of South African government, right? The democracy was still young. We were, we were, try, all, we were all trying to give democracy a chance. Do you believe me on that or not? I stand to be corrected. We were trying to give democracy a chance to grow. But a child of 30 years is not a child anymore. Do you mm. believe me on that? Mm, yeah, we yeah, gave yeah. democracy to go, to grow, but it doesn't grow. Mm. Now we are sitting here today. We want to question ANC. A lot of people are trying to kick ANC out right now. Because for the last 30 years, they've not done anything. It's always a promises. State of the Nation address. I remember there was a time I used to prepare for this. Uh, tomorrow comes. I don't want to even waste my time to listen because I know it's empty promises. Yeah, no, uh, Silas, I hear you. I have to let you I'm go. I'm talking th- in my name. Yeah. Based on my own observation and experiences of the last decades. Mm. It's only a promises. Yeah. When are they going to deliver? Huh. ANC must deliver. They must deploy put, uh, potentials, competent cadet deployment, not empty promises all the time. Yeah, Silas, I hear you. I have to let you go. Thank you very much for the call. Okay. When Silas calling us there uh, from Pretoria North. Let me bring it back uh, to you then, assessment, to say that he's saying that, uh, you know, it doesn't inspire confidence. There haven't been any changes, uh, never delivered, uh, just promises. Uh, what do you make of, of what Silas was saying here? And, and also looking at uh, the fact that we've had, you know, a State of the Nation address one after uh, the other. Uh, would you then reckon that as we look at it right now, uh, would see someone of a move or we've seen somewhat of a move and that maybe probably a Silas observation here uh, is not 100% uh, you know correct in terms of how the country has moved from that first state of the nation address yeah I think for me what I've observed is what Silas is saying the general public evaluation of government Mm -hmm. performance comes to that point of saying nothing worked or they nothing delivered is making a good argument of when a 30 year old today evaluates a democracy what are their sentiments and my interaction with young people on voting was exactly the same they say hey man you know we don't care about politics we just want to make money and they are on this uh, forex or whatever they have on their apps you no know, trading you see, the young people's interest is just to make money, is just to survive. They have no, like Toko was saying, sense of citizenship, what they own in our in our public. So that, it goes to me to look at what the state of the nation have espoused. Mainly, they have been saying we need to build clinics, we need to build roads, we need to build houses, and we need to build cities and towns where people can live safely, peacefully, and happily. 
I want to summarize the state of the nation in that uh, mm. class to say this is the commitment government has made. And when you look at people's complaints today, it's about a hospital that was built or that has not been built or that has no medicine or that is decaying. Mm. The common thing you see is what really has the NC government built and you know those uh, memes they make when they show you Saudi Arabia mm. eight years ago and Saudi Arabia today. You see beautiful infrastructure in China, beautiful infrastructure that has been built. While we are here left with roads infrastructure, rail infrastructure that is decaying. For me, that is 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 something that person in ends would say. But that's unfair. Look at how many children we are feeding. Look mm. how many. But you also go to those how many children you are feeding and see how many have still have to run through a river. You know, how many still have to go on foot because the contracts that transport have not been paid. So people are likely to look at the negative aspect, how you respond as a government to government failings at a local level. Uh, if if we hear so many bad reports of the local government, but we don't see indignation, a president among us, no, this is enough. You know, a president is angry. Today, president is angry and, and something is going to happen. We have never, let me say, I've never seen an angry South African president who said, enough, this you know, it's like there's no that sentiment from them. It's just to manage the situation for the factions and to balance the forces in the movement more than really anger about corruption and getting rid of people from within your party because you're saying you're destroying the state, you're destroying the public. So it has been more about the party flourishing, I think, uh, than uh, the welfare of the public. Mm. Yeah, no, really, when you look at it, uh, there hasn't then been a balance uh, in terms of how then things would expect to flow from that particular document, uh, the promises into the ministers, different of them, uh, and their portfolios that would have to ensure uh, that that... uh, what, what the president says, uh, tend to find meaning. Tabile, I mean, uh, we see variable uh, issues of accountability uh, at some point having to feature uh, within the State of the Nation address. And this draws then to what the ministers would have to perform or what they would have to do. We don't have a clear sense of how they've performed over the years in terms of the uh, issue uh-huh. of their scorecards. Uh, that would then give you a sense of what the president would have to uh, prioritize, where he would have to crack the whip, where would have to really, uh, you know, push his focus onto uh, looking at uh, the weaknesses that may have been presented over time that would have frustrated uh, the citizens on the ground. I mean, when you hear them saying that uh, it's all just promises uh, never delivered, when you hear them saying that they don't have confidence in uh, that particular process uh, of just giving us an idea of how the year is going to go, it also speaks to the portfolios of these particular ministers that are in these positions. Yes, most definitely. Before I make a comment on that, I just want to go back to what my fellow uh, speakers 
uh, said, they yeah. both mentioned earlier on, and it was uh, along the lines of, you know, citizens also not playing a role and leaving it all to governments. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with what they've said. But I think really the problem all goes back to even pre-1994, where democracy, the system of democracy, was meant to be our savior as a country because we were coming from a time where you know, apartheid had robbed um, so many South Africans of, you know, economic freedom and, 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 and it had robbed us of so much. And so democracy was meant to be that thing that was supposed to set us free. It was supposed to be a thing that we, when we got into it, everything essentially would fall into place. So we find ourselves in that trap where, you know, so much was promised in, you know, pre-1994, 1994 even, as to say that, you know, should uh, a democracy come and, and, and take place, all of our worries are going to, you know, are going to uh, go away. And there's, there hadn't really been much emphasis or even much, um, yes, so much emphasis on the role citizens have to play. It was mostly to say that, you know, having a new government was going to bring about change without outlining actually the, you know, the role that citizens had to play. So that's where the problem is. It's not a new phenomenon that we're seeing. It's actually something that dates back to even pre-1994 that I believe that we have to be more um, intentional about fixing as, as, as a nation because we're going to be having conversations like this for, uh, for, for years, for the next foreseeable future if we as, as you know, learned colleagues or specialists so on and so forth don't go back to these communities and actually have a sit-down to say, hey, you actually have power to um, you know, to keep government accountable. To you have a power as well as a citizen that you, as a citizen that you have to play. There's a contribution that you have to make into making this democracy work. That it doesn't. It's not only the government. And once we can get that right, once we can really um, embed in the minds of citizens their role that have to play, and actually the the realization that the power actually lies with them, I believe that we can go far um, a, a, as a nation. But for now. We're going to be having these conversations nonstop until citizens understand their role as well. Um, and then to get to your point, Kathleen, um, uh, that you were saying, um, you know, the lack of accountability in government, most definitely, um, we are in this mess. I would say so because the ANC government has failed to keep uh, to keep its members or to keep its uh, elected officials uh, accountable. Um, you know, there are so many. I think, Katlejo, you and I were actually speaking about um, the president himself, uh, about the houses that he wanted to build in, in, in Soweto. And I believe he came back, he, he came under fire for that. And then a few weeks later, he, you know, he tried to, to cover it up. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't start only within... Um, it, it also it, it is the head of of the government himself that you know makes all these empty promises, and then one can ask ourselves that if the government uh, of the or the head of the government, the president in himself, can make such promises and not fulfil, what can we then expect of the rest um, of all the ministers that really should follow um, in line? So that's what we find, and and, and even if there is an attempt, Gafrekho to keep elected officials accountable. They just get reincarnated into different positions. Mm. So we move them from here, from one responsible 
uh, position to another and then somehow we expect that you know a person that you know committed corruption in one department is suddenly going to be an angel and you know act right in a different and equally uh, even if not even more equally important uh, uh, portfolio so that's that's where we find ourselves and I think it's, it's really that lack of um, ability of government to hold its, its officials accountable yeah. that has been served down to us as citizens where we say we can't trust them um, because you know so much is happening in the country and they're not doing anything about it so we can't trust them what can we expect um, j- just looking at the newly appointed um, Minister of Electricity in himself what has he done over the year and, and it's also that in terms of there has been no there's no uh, scorecard. There's uh, the state of the nation address at large should be to say each portfolio has managed to do one, two, and three, and these were the shortcomings. And with the shortcomings, um, this is what we plan to do about it. Or these are the actions that we've, um, you know, already put in place to ensure that something like this doesn't happen again. But you find that it becomes a praise party for the ANC, um, uh, the SANA. So it's. It's really uh, frustrating, and I, and I can't understand why citizens on the ground do feel the way that they do. I resonate highly with um, the, the, the last call, especially mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of saying that, you know, it's, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and uh, just a reminder to our listeners at home that the lines are still open. You're welcome to reflect uh, with us in terms of your expectations of uh, where the State of the Nation address is concerned. It's taking place today at 7 o'clock at Sharp. Uh, this being in the evening uh, there at the Cape Town City Hall. So we've been reflecting on how things have fared from uh, the first State of the Nation address uh, in the country. This is going to be the eighth uh, State of the Nation address uh, for South Africa. Uh, how have you received it how has it worked for you uh, this particular uh, you know celebration or uh, you know ceremony let me put it that way has it uh, you know more or less moved from what they would say to what we see happening on the ground in our communities an honest reflection from your end uh, would really be appreciated this being on 0861 0 reminder that we also there by x we go by at power fm it's a round table i'm having here uh, with the three of my guests at Tlohi, who's here in studio, Sisman uh, Mutlong, who's uh, an analyst as well, who's on the line, but also Tabilem Mdluli, who's joining us as well. So I want to come back to you, Tlohi, as well, to say that it's really going to also be a reflection on President Sarah Ramaphosa's presidency uh, since he took term. And I know that, uh, you know, in between his term, uh, there was COVID-19, uh, that now we often hear him, uh, you know, and all of the uh, other ministers often just attribute whatever is happening to COVID-19 uh, within uh, the economy. We know very well that uh, jobs, uh, that is something that is high on the agenda yeah. in terms of the investments that would want to attract into South Africa. Issues of crime, excuse me, and corruption is one thing that people have been worried about to say, are we mm. adequately at- attempting to uh, tackle crime? Are we serious about uh, really dealing with corruption? Uh, during uh, then uh, this particular process, of course, then we see him uh, also uh, being one person that represents uh, the uh, country or even the ANC mm. in his capacity uh, there by the Zondo Commission. Uh, that is where uh, then others were expecting to see a move in terms of how then we're going to adequately uh, tackle corruption. Let's reflect on uh, his tenure here after having come into this space uh, on uh, that card of the new dawn. 
Ironically enough, there was a tweet that uh, Dr. Mbisenindlozi uh, I came across. Oh, sorry. What is it called now? Is it an, an X? X? An X. <laughs> sorry, there's an X uh, that uh, I came across. And uh, this was actually yesterday prior to the semifinal match. And he said, uh, of course, uh, EFF always having been very critical of the president saying Sir uh, Ramaphosa is South Africa's weakest uh, president and then he goes to say you can go and argue with a bedspread and uh, to that effect I think uh, for someone and when you consider the president as an individual and his figure uh, the individual Matamela Cyril Ramaphosa and his figure in the context of the history of the ruling party and certainly of South Africa you know his uh, participation in uh, you know the, the negotiated settlement for our democracy uh, his role as a general secretary secretary general of the ANC and uh, you know one of the founding minds of the constitution and all those other things and how he was uh, at some point uh, in the uh, line or the 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 the, 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 the hierarchy of of, of, of being uh, an heir apparent at some point uh, within the legacy of uh, the 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 ANC or the lineage of the presidency and his ascendance to or his return to political power because really uh, his return to political uh, power and such was as a result of uh, the need to have a figure that could uh, in the midst of the Zuma presidency and all that it represented and the you know the the, the strained relations that 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 could bring uh, you needed someone who had uh, economic uh, and private sector gravitas and you know would be able to be this entity that would be able to allow uh, for 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 some level of you know uh, some level of gravitas to remain within the ruling party and what has underpinned certainly uh, from analysts to the media to a lot of people is that from his time as deputy president right to his time as president uh, there has always been this underlying notion of a president who, while some might see it as someone who is calculated, uh, someone who takes time to analyze before making a decision, others have long seen it as someone who is indecisive, someone who is unable to take action, someone who is unable to fully uh, carry out what needs to be done. And part and parcel of where we find ourselves as a result of that is because of something that both uh, our esteemed colleagues uh, shared mm. this notion and it was also shared in the hour before we started uh, yeah. this round table this notion of party over uh, principle or over people <laughs> citizens over citizens <laughs> and it is from that that you find this this leaving us where we are right now because from the promises that have been made from the things that have been shared 
you 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 understand and it creates this conundrum as to say when you're the president ideally because we're in a democracy you're a man of the people and such but truthfully are you a man of a of the people because you're able to renege from saying this is what we're going to do and then immediately after that there's a lechotla that takes place and then after the lechotla you swerve it around and it ends up being something along the lines of this and as a result thereof it then raises the conundrum to then say what then do we expect and what is it that we can expect because no matter what you say to us no matter what is said to us uh, if it does not get the approval of the NEC if it doesn't meet the approval of the alliance partners uh, then it is all for naught um, and as a result thereof it then leaves us with what appears to be then a flip-flopping uh, individual who happens to be leading us because why it then made it is made to seem as though there is no direct uh, decision making that the office takes and i mean when you're the number one citizen uh, you're like a teacher at school you have the power of the red pen ideally you would have the power of the red pen but that doesn't necessarily find itself occurring and so then this really leaves the president in a conundrum of being able to say what is it that i can do there was this perception that people had and i mean certainly after the presidency of uh, president jacob zuma which was marred by so many things for a lot of people this was supposed to be somewhat the presidency that was the second coming of uh, the presidency at Tabombeki, you know the the one that got away there we didn't know what we had until we lost him and so this was the expectation here and you then find that that was not the case but then you also look at what role internal party politics had to play right comes into his first term as president of the ANC and this is in no way you know making an excuse or whatever but it's really just showing how the general political system actually ends up affecting how we navigate and how things do or how things then operate so you then come in and now you're fighting off uh, all these other entities and of course your, your your presidency is called into question same thing happens with nasrec 2.0 and then the question now starts arising as to, to what happens now you're fighting all these uh you, you're fighting battles on two fronts but because you're trying to maintain political power here uh, in your party you end up slacking in terms of what needs to be done from a governance perspective and as a result thereof it really leaves you uh, it leaves us rather uh, we're the ones who get the short end of the stick and so to that extent uh, you found a president now who has had to battle so many political battles uh, at the detriment unfortunately at the detriment of what he needed to do and that was to govern to preside and make the difference but of course it's a political system and we should not be fooled in any case or in any way or form to think that even if we had to uh, we find ourselves with them out of power that that would not be the same thing we see it play out in so many of these other political parties who aren't even in governance but when there's a differing view from the party line uh, all of a sudden Mutusia from the party and so <laughs> so it's, it's it's a recurring problem as 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 as, as, as says. it's gonna be a recurring problem yeah. because that's how the system is and 
until we find a way to kind of erode that, mm. to find a structural and systemic reform to that, whether it's Ramaphosa, whether it's Malema, whether it's Katleho, whether it's Tavile, as long as mm. we still elect a party and the party is the one that determines what the agenda is and not what is the reality, we're going to have the same old for the next 30 years. Yeah, then, then we need to rethink our approach, I guess, yeah. uh, in terms of how then uh, things are going to go going forward. Uh, let me go to the lines. I see Pro is back. I see Ray Ray is Ray J is calling us from Pretoria. Let's start with Pro. Uh, Pro, uh, Tloke just gave us a little bit of a reflection in terms of uh, how then uh, this sauna is going to be again about uh, the reflections of President Cyril Ramaphosa's presidency. And you want to also just weigh in on that. Welcome back. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's say uh, for the previous one, I already promised to Let's say this one or today. President, I channel okay to the from the previous one. For example, in 2019, I promised to build one million houses mm. to the people of Alexander. How far we are building? Let me be 20 houses, see? and then a promise about Vagiano Rumeti at last year, March, Mara, even today, Giano Rumeti, or our channel, or Abu Wapili, Ahono Utal says, or okay, Revachlevi, our deputy guy. Promise take a little bit of a little bit of a little so of a little bit 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 of to hold them accountable. a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of the people of South Africa uh, what we have done, Kalilute over promises or so on. The guest is a Hawke Babutsuri and Babonagari Aife or President Atome A. Ashalu Setsenishi Uri. He promised that this and this and this and this and this. Yes, it's a decent, decent, this Alexander can print the one million houses, a Larry Achille five hundred thousand or shorter five hundred thousand into a Giani Metella something like that. You go to worry, come now, President. As Hanel or Achalu said, they promised the high billionaire. So you want to accountability, Sona? Yeah, before Abu Waterin. I hear you, Prince. <laughs> okay, Let me throw it to, to them, but then before we do that, I'd like to take Ray J, who's calling us from Pretoria as well. Ray, you also want to weigh in on what we're discussing this morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Mm. Um, greetings to the panel. Um, my comments will be twofold. Mm. First one, I mean, the tone which is going to be released will be twofold. One, it's going to be the report of what the NDP has done. Mm. Of which maybe eighty percent of the Africans you know that ANC has done nothing to them. Mm. So it'd be like a repeat of the promises that they made uh twenty nineteen, mm. right? When mm. like when you were something new. So same script, you're not expecting anything new. It'd be it be the new it be like the old thing, man. It'd be the same. Nothing mm. will change. They will just report of, of what they have done. And what they want to do is give them a chance to work there. Mm. So, 
Thanks, Mona Ray, calling us there uh, from Pretoria. Uh, yeah, let me throw it to you, Tabile. Uh, pro asking us here to say that maybe it should uh, be an accountability <laughs> kind of sauna uh, before we even hear him uh, talk about what they're going to achieve those programs for the year. He should start by giving us a sense of uh, what uh, happened. And we were also just talking with Troy about how uh, this is likely to then be uh, somewhat of a reflection of his presidency. And uh, frankly, I'm tired of hearing of COVID-19 having hampered progress or something like that along the lines of what we often hear uh, and i bet we're going to be hearing about covid-19 but let's let's talk up let's talk to what pro asked here uh, to say uh, can it be a somewhat of an accountability sona uh, when you look at it in right respect that's what it should be um especially looking at the mess that the ANC has made yeah. over the past years especially recent years looking at Ramaphosa's turn that's what it should be. And for their sake, as a party, it should be an accountability sauna where they say, you know, this is where we failed, but this is where we are going to do better. Because, um, you know, we've had this conversation, you and I, where we say people love the ANC, you know, um, people love the ANC and people opt not to vote instead of not voting for the ANC at all. So I, I believe that if they were to come with that strategy, they would definitely have a more positive outcome or citizens would, would come to the party if, uh, if the ANC government really came with a more accountability approach. But is that something that we're going to get? No. And the reason why I say that is is uh, listening to Phil uh, Mbalula's recent statement where he says, you know, um, the ANC government has put an end to load shedding. It has, you know, put an end to corruption. It has put an end to a, a lot of things that are, that are not true. And, you know, that could be propaganda. It could also be trying to, you know, uh, salvage whatever support that it can still get currently by lying. Um, um, but I, I believe that really as, as the ANC government and looking at how far gone it is as a party and some of the delusion that really exists within the party, I don't believe we're going to get an accountability sauna this time around. I think we're definitely going to get more and more promises. And looking at last year's sauna and really um, its inability to capitalize, because uh, I believe it was Prof who said this earlier to say that to what extent does um, you know, the SANA benefit the ruling party. And it's to a very large extent because they're the ones that are in, 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 in charge um, that are, you know, basically making all the decisions in government. Yeah. And we can ha- basically have a look as to say, these are what the citizens are currently crying about. And then they can adjust, um, you know, the budget to, to fit basically what... Um, to to fit basically the citizenry, but you're usually finding it that it's it's, it's things that never relate to the general population and it never really really speaks to the problems on the ground. And even more so when we're, um, uh, uh, um, I believe when we were talking earlier about, you know, jobs and never really being able to analyze the type of employment that, uh, you know, that is promised, you know. So it's, it's, it's all of those things. And I believe, again, we're just going to get what we've been getting over the years and it's, it's, it's not going to change. Dr. let me bring you in. So uh, are we likely to see somewhat of an accountability here? Uh, are we going to see him playing it safe? Uh, how are we expecting things to roll? Yes, I think as you had asked Tabila about the performance and uh, really 
reviews of each minister when you move one minister to another uh, ministry. Mm-hmm. It is something that we have seen sometimes at the SONA where the president would under, uh, maybe explain the reshuffling, mm-hmm. how, who they are moving. But we've never, like I said, in the aspect of an angry president to say, no, I'm moving from, from that ministry forever and it's not coming back and this is why and I'm not going to tolerate this from my ministers. It, it, that tone of accountability has not been anything that uh, has been uh, good in the ANC. In fact, uh, if in, in more than holding others accountable, they would use this phrase, a collective accountability, meaning they don't want to exclude or isolate somebody individually as ministers or when in your executive capacity you fail to do X and Y. Mm. We see this happening only when you become the black sheep and when you have left the movement or you have out of power like they do uh, they wasted nine years mm. uh, you know adage. They, that, that breaks away from a tradition because they're no longer part of them. As long as you're within the fold they will protect each other as far as accountability is concerned. Therefore, I don't expect so much of accountability from that. Even the reshuffling, I'm not, it, it could be because we know in the past two, three years, he's been talking about repurposing certain departments, mm-hmm. especially in ESCOM. I'm looking forward to see uh, what really happens that side or which new departments have been repurposed. That's the only site it would come. Other than that, ah, we will we'll receive the same message uh, and, and I don't even think it will be on action because I think the solution now is only to act to implement what you have said. I think that's what will make a difference in the community of mm-hmm. South Africans, but that is far-fetched. So for me, it's, it will be the same tone of a president well, like I said, maybe make reference to Mandela and mm. tell us about racial unity, resilience, and so forth. And it, interestingly, you are talking about Corona. First two, three days, I've been thinking about COVID and thinking well, COVID is like the new enemy, like apartheid, yeah. a justification for non-performance. They always say, yeah, you must understand we come from apartheid. Now, for the next 10 years, we must also come from COVID. (laughs) So that's something we will stay with us for some time. And it it is that victim mentality Mm. instead of a winning. You know, I wish for a winning president, an inspiring president. Uh, I think this talk was talking about uh, a president who who is a manager. Mm. You see this guy is, is... is like better performing as a manager when he's told what to do instead of him saying, I'm in this leadership position. This is my innovation. This is my proposal for transformation. Mm. So we don't have that transformative leader in Mr. Ramaphosa, but he's somebody who's managing the status quo. And, and for me, it would take, I, I think, let him move, let him move out of power and let's see somebody inspiring from the ANC. And I don't know who that will be.
Yeah, uh, Tabile, I mean, we see the IEC coming out and giving us the numbers uh, this uh, past uh, weekend in terms of how the voter registration weekend uh, drive went. We see an upsurge in the number of young people, we are told, uh, that have really uh, went out to vote, uh, I mean, to register to vote. And this is where then also uh, the president will be speaking to them and will be speaking uh, to us as well in an election year. Uh Does that then uh, tend to have a bearing on what he's... uh, going to say does he have to now you know say all of these things taking into consideration uh, the fact that uh, he says one wrong thing and then he may face a backlash at the polls how does he navigate uh, this particular space at this point in time it's going to be very tricky uh definitely very tricky because already we are you know all eyes on him (laughs) and um you know we are waiting for him to slip and we are waiting for him to you know to do something wrong so that we can uh you know basically justify why the ANC needs to be removed uh, out out of government and I'm saying that I'm generalizing that um so basically how he navigates that as 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 the president would definitely have to be um he has to have a more youth-centered Approach because what we've usually seen is that you know the youth is quite sidelined from government and um, you know there's not much of focus when it comes to young people we hear day in and day out that the youth are the future of the country and so on and so forth all these beautiful things but it hasn't necessarily translated to um it hasn't translated to anything that is tangible. So I really believe that in order to win the hearts of the youth, um, definitely has to have an approach that's going to be youth-centered. And it, it has to be practical to say that this is what we are going to do to ensure that either young people are in employment, that you know they have access to education, so on and so forth, or even have access to you know being part of the government of to be part of leadership, that more opportunities are going to be open for young people um, to be in leadership positions because, you know, like I've mentioned before, they have been sidelined. So definitely it, it, it's all eyes on him and uh, it, it, it's all in his hands. Uh, I would say on, on, you know, how from now on, how the ANC is perceived from now on until uh, until the elections. A lot is riding on this one, and a lot of uh, people, not just young people, are really going to be glued to uh, to their televisions to see what is the president going to say. Not necessarily in terms of you know um, what is he promising, but to say that can they still trust the government um, uh, come the elections mm, this year. Mm. Now, Tori, how does he balance this one? Uh, you know, it's an election year mm. and uh, more or less 30 years later, we find ourselves here. How does he actually say the right things in a way that uh, then he doesn't come across as uh, this president that is indecisive, that really has uh, led us to nowhere uh, when you look at where we find ourselves? He can't. Uh, <laughs> and I know I, I know that sounds cynical, but but but, but he can't. And and then truth, it's n- not in part to anything of his fault. Yeah. Uh, you know the problem with the nature of the game is that we may be able to affirm. You know, uh, we can talk all these things, and I think to an extent we find ourselves with a government that has spoken all these things because it sounds good to say them. But, you know, you can never say to yourself, 
uh, I am rebranding and realigning myself mm. when you do not understand what are the principles and the morals that upon which you are doing this. For you to affirm something, you must first acknowledge that there was a lack thereof or there was nothing that had occurred in the first place. Accountability is the ability to be able to be introspective and be able to look at yourself and be able to say in that introspection and say, I am the problem. This is where I did not touch. This is where I did not move. This is where I did not look at. Understanding that we won't always get it right. But uh, in the greater scheme of things, this is resume. So unfortunately, there's no balancing act. What is likely to occur is this. He will refer to the strides mm. uh, the last 30 years. And, you know, we, we can't take that away from them. Sharp. Uh, he will then go on to refer to the promises that have been made. Uh, he will acknowledge one or two failures. He will then refer to COVID-19 and <laughs> what we were able to do post-COVID. Yeah. And then he will refer to either the smart city or the... But smart something will come. Either the smart city or, you know, the development the of trains. the bullet train. Oh, One of the Lord. two will, will, will emerge. <laughs> and then in the I end... I think he'll stay away from that because then we'll ask him to say, but did you've been saying that. Uh, it's going to come. Either smart city, <laughs> bullet train, but some form of development as far as that transportation or infrastructure will come. Mm. And thereafter... Uh, he will then, you know, continue with the pleasantries. So there'll be the pleasantries of celebrating, you know, the spring box and uh, Bafana Bafana and all those other things to create that sense of joy and, you know, those general platitudes of, 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 of gaiety. And then thereafter, he'll build on more. And unfortunately, this must just be a reflection. This is what happened. This is what occurred. Did we make it? No, we didn't. But there will be promises. And there, there, there's no balancing act, really. There's mm. no balancing act. Uh, as as, as Tab said, this is going to be uh, a campaign. It's going to be every other thing. Uh, but there won't. He, he'll hit certain right notes. But we'll be back here again. Uh, opposition parties will be back. They'll be telling us, they'll be saying, Vele, he missed the mark, he said this, uh, he didn't do this. So, there's, like I said, mm. he can't. There's no balance. Dr. Mutlo, uh, what's your take? No, no, I think I'm, I'm in agreement with uh, the fellows in terms of what this uh, soda will be. There is no space to maneuver, there's no space to inspire something new like i say they are stuck on that thing and for the past three years now we've had them over they even from the january 8th statement you also take from there they are saying evaluate us over the 30 years and they, they will continue on the same 
uh, promises like NHI, I think we, we could hear more because there's been some legislative progress there. We'll definitely hear maybe something around how a, a NHI will be implemented. I hope to hear something about these commissions, you know, digital transformation, uh, councils and uh, district model. But these are mandate uh, programs, we, we mandatory programs. We don't see how evaluation in terms of tracking performance will be or is. So I think those are the programs long represent will still reiterate. Uh, it will be up to us as the public uh, if we see they have been performing very well and how that fares in our decision to elect. And uh, I, I think that that is basically it. There, there is nothing maybe new that uh, I, I'm expecting from from this owner. Mm. And also, I mean, it comes at a time when we know that later on uh, we'll see the finance minister uh, present uh, the budget. Uh, so it has to speak to uh, whatever the programs, whatever he's saying, those programs would have to find meaning in uh, that particular presentation by uh, the finance minister. How mammoth then of a task does that uh, become for him under uh, Dumplow? Yeah, you go back to the Sonas, some of my 2020, 2021, you, you also get to appreciate that there is a limited funding. I think uh, this is what uh, government has really said. And because of that, they don't have resources enough to imagine something new. I think they're trying to maintain what they have. And if there's any changes, it will be repurposing finances, move from mm. that department to that other one. Mm. I, I think, if anything, the budget has to tell us it should also explain how deep we are in a problem financially, and this invites more public-private partnerships. We've seen with the SOEs how SAA has gone to private, and mm. I think it is a transnet and and concessions on harbor using the harbors there's more private sector coming through we already know escom is really now going under unbundling we could want to see how much more of a public uh, those independent producers are coming so the more modular public partnership private partnership would come through i think this is the solution for south africa we are going back to 2003 politics. You know, it's a, if you remember Kopiri Soweto when they were fighting about water because private companies are coming through with the water meters, prepaid water meters. So I, I think we're going a bit to that to those debates or politics are public-private partnership. Mm. Uh, the the economics of it all. Mm. I mean, we know very well that it is at the center mm. of how that would often uh, hear the lack of jobs attributed mm. to the fact that the economy has not been doing well for quite some time. And that also has to find meaning in that particular document in a way, uh, just giving us a sense of what we can expect from the finance minister. Uh, so how does he balance that? How does he become honest? How does he then uh, more or less give us, you know, more or less practical uh, programs that will find meaning in 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 the 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 budget speech when we've had over time that South Africa doesn't have money. Ideally, I think the 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 big one in and around that 
will definitely be looking at the strides made with uh, these two inv- these two or three investment conferences mm-hmm. uh, that have been held and then possibly just trying to look at uh, you know highlighting uh, how much has been made or how much has been pledged and then kind of diverting to or, or being able to then expand on how that will be allocated uh beyond that the, the, the economics there the around that would be one focusing on uh, you know the the, the 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 outcomes of those investment conferences and how they've assisted the number two would probably be uh you know the restructuring uh, likelihood would be uh trying to create a stimulus uh well i know for a fact that from a welfare perspective uh, grants will be there and that will be a, a a plaster on the you know big gaping wound but outside of uh, the strides or the outcomes of investment a uh, conference followed by the grants and how they assist uh, there would then possibly be then just a perceived partnership that would uh, probably generate income uh, as a result of either foreign direct investment or something along those lines. But really and truly, I do think that the number one way to deal with it from an economic perspective will be uh, the pledges that have been made as a result of these investment uh, conferences. Because beyond that, uh, to try and shift around uh, two rand and make it look like a hundred rand, I don't think uh, they have it in them currently. So that would probably be the best way they go about it in this regard. Yeah, Tabila, how do we balance it? How do, do these programs then uh, be funded? Uh, you know, if he more or less announced that we're going to, uh, or, or because that's why then uh, one would say we haven't seen this bullet train, so we haven't seen all of these things around infrastructural development uh, within the country because then uh, the finance minister would come through to say we don't have money. So how how do we then uh, balance it in a way that uh, as, as he announces these programs, as he says that we're going to be doing one, two, three, three and four, and then they find meaning within uh, the budget speech that will be uh, presented later on in the month. I think that it all goes back to, you know, departments working in silos. Mm. There's lack of communication between these departments. Mm. So that's where you would find then when such statements are made, the finance department then comes back and says, oh, we don't have the budget for Mm. this. So really... uh, a fix to all of this would be all these departments getting together and actually having an honest discussion about what can and cannot be done or what can and cannot be achieved because you're finding a situation where bold statements are made within the sauna and then you find that when uh, the budget speed comes around, you know, it's not it's not reflecting. There's an attempt to try and cover. There's an attempt to try and make the link and make the connection, but it often fails because there's no real discussion. There's no real, um, you know, nothing is being discussed. And, and then hence you find that we don't have deliverables as a country because, you know, it's just sometimes it's, it's thumb-sucking, uh, you know, statements to appease the crowd or to appease the moment um, that, you know, uh, the government finds itself in. But there's not really much back work or much research that is done to say, is it really uh, obtainable? Is Can it really be done? Or 
over such period of time. So really, uh, the answer to that question, Katleko, would be for them to stop working so independently and have a discussion. The partners are meant to talk to one another, but what we really are finding is a situation where each department is doing its own thing and then it's expecting that the country is going to... um, is going to succeed or to run smoothly. So that's the best way that I can explain it is that there has to be real conversations with the president, the finances, and, and so on and so forth. All of those that are connected, there has to be conversations that are done so that when statements are made, they can be substantiated and they can be backed up uh, come the budget speech or so on and so forth. Mm. So, so really when you look at it it means uh, it's a tough balancing act i mean we are also mm-hmm. 30 years into this democracy and one would say that uh, it will then be a reflection also on 30 years later what has been done it's not it's just about the five years hence we always then go back to even uh, the bullet trains and some of the things that were also even promised uh, by president jacob zuba when he was in office mm-hmm. so some of those programs were supposed to find meaning when President Sarah Ramaphosa took office, then this also presents a, a little bit of a tough challenge for the administration that is to come if then the ANC doesn't find itself in a power, in a position of power post the elections. How, how then a mammoth of a task, the 30 years compared to the future, looking at where the country is going, how, how do we actually move around and navigate through that particular space and this new administration that, administration that is coming, do they come with their new programs? I mean, we have the NDP 2030. We have all of these uh, programs that most of them were programs of the ANC, but then would see them just being roped into uh, government programs that would then uh, have to be completed because we have, we, we're still in, in it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because there's another one year, 2050. So, so, so what, what happens to these programs when the new administration comes in and also reflecting back from the past 30 years? Yes, I, I think we, we we have the aspect there, uh, like what Tabula is saying, mm. uh, when there was criticismore, uh, Mbalula is excited and says certain things. It looks like even the presidents, uh, and so when they're excited, they make commitments that they cannot deliver. And this maybe comes from like a, a coherent political vision, your political party. We are talking about NDP recently, there's very little talk about it. Maybe mm-hmm. last year was trying to revive it, but there, there's nothing much about it. So it, it, it makes sense, or there has to be a common political vision despite an administration coming from the same political party. There has to be a continuity. That's why we are able to say now Zuma's tenure was nine wasted years as if we were not part of it. And then when we are in, it's uh, something different. So I, I think it's a lack of strategic leadership in the ANC to really, uh, like when you compare them, Libo likes our EFF. EFF tells you we have these cardinal points. Yeah. So irrespective of Malema or Monk, mm. these are the pillars of our organization. Now in the ANC, I think the problem they are a broad church. So you are a pastor. You preach on that sermon, the other one preach on that sermon. There's not really coherence. So what do we want our con- congregation to benefit from? Uh, which areas do we want to improve? So that, that's really, I think you, you are analyzing it very well. Th- that's a big problem. 
yeah, yeah, ANC. Yeah. So I don't know if anything, what kind of a political vision he will give us now, uh, if he will return as president. For, mm-hmm. for Ramaphosa, he came with the new dawn. What yeah. was it? Yeah. When we asked him to characterize the new dawn, was it about ethical leadership? How committed are you to ensure that public servants are ethical? There's no corruption. If there's corruption, you, you, you kill it, really. There's nothing like that in the NC. So it's more like free for all and, and navigate the waters as it were. And then uh, it, it, they are really, really relying on, 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 on citizens. I think Torres mentioned this critical citizenry. Yeah. We, we, we are not so critical ourselves to keep them on their toes. So they've been comfortable for some while because the people easily accept what they have said without really critically mm. evaluating it. Tabile, come in. Let's hear your thought on this one. I completely agree. Uh, I think my two cents that I can add on the matter is that every president wants to come in and do something new and shine um, in, in, instead of actually continue on from what the previous president uh, um, has already set out or already the groundwork, especially looking at President Ramaphosa and former President Jacob Zuma. Um, those two really butted heads quite a lot and I, and I believe that you know when Cyril came in he came in with this wanting to sort of erase um, uh, the legacy of Jacob Zuma and come with something new that yes at the time it was what was needed in the ANC in terms of you know hashtag Tumamina and the corruption that seemingly um, that South Africa was, was under under uh, uh, President Jacob Zuma but what you find is that once starting something new and starting from scratch, um, you know, it, it takes quite a lot of work. There's a lot of groundwork that I believe has not been done and it takes a lot of effort. So what we're finding is that there's, there's this lack of progress because everyone wants to start something new. And there's lack of that uh, sort of, uh, I'm failing to think of the word currently, but, you know, there's this lack of succession, of proper succession where there's a smooth, um, sort of, you know, from one president to the next, then you see a continuation and you see growth. There's a lack of that because each president wants to do their own thing and they all want to shine and they all want to be that, that savior, uh, uh, seemingly. So definitely, um, that's why we're finding a situation where there is no growth and we seem to maybe take one step forward as a country, but ten takes 10 steps back is, is because of that, that each administration wants to come with something new and, and you know, make a difference and, and, and be the heroes that we've been waiting for and then come up with these grand uh, sort of inventions or innovations that the country really, one, that they themselves had not fully done proper research on the obtainability or um, the, the viability of those uh, new interventions. And then, and, and then secondly, you know, um, yeah, am I still audible? Yes, you are. You're yes, still yes. with us. Tabitha. Okay. All right. So, you know, it, it comes with that, you know, so they're not doing proper research on, you know, the interventions uh, that they want to, you know, sort of lay out. And then secondly, it's also not doing proper research on what the, the citizen at large or the citizenry at large really wants to uh, what they need. So it's, 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 it's you know, it's been, it's, it's been that that I've seen uh, within the government over the past 30 years.
Yeah, sorry. Uh, what, what is your take? I mean, <laughs> Tabula Benjamins, uh, the new dawn, Tumamina, and and the likes, and and also then it speaks to uh, this challenge that uh, would have when we have a different administration that would come yeah. into play. Uh, it, it means uh, the a continuation, the continuity, and mm. everything else hangs then in the balance. Here. So, so for many, they'd come to realize that you know we've had five. In the last uh, 30 years, mm. we've had five different socioeconomic uh, policies. Yeah. Uh, we started with RDP, we went to GEAR, from GEAR we went to SGEAR, uh, GNP, now we're at NDP. NDP. That's five different policies. And yes, one can affirm that they all had different places and whatnot, whatnot. But when you look at the shift from RDP to GEAR, same party that was in power uh, literally rdp was came in literally at the advent of democracy gear uh, was introduced two years later in 96 because they felt that uh, rdp did not address things accordingly uh, the moment gear came in whatever were the fundamental principles of rdp were done away with why because it's still uh, why was there a need to do that? Because there were still things that could have been addressed. And so you then see uh, a situation where uh, you, they've been scoring own goals, unfortunately, in so far as. And if you had to ask someone now with the NDP, uh, there's absolutely no principle that they have from gear. There's no principle that they have from us gear. Whereas you would think that even if you develop and refine something, there's a foundation that has been laid, so you just need to continue to work upon that. Uh, and so it really speaks mm. to what has been uh, eloquently articulated uh, by both Tabile uh, and the Mudloum to be able to say there isn't a sense of continuation. And that is because you don't understand. It's almost as though they operate as though it's, it's, it's one party, uh, but they operate as though uh, whoever's in power mm. uh, is the face of the party and for those that time uh, we will go with whatever they represent and then after that so for example should uh, President Ramaphosa find himself in power again uh, following the elections which is a very high likelihood all things considered it's a high likelihood uh, 2027 conference after 2027 conference another president is going to be elected a couple of months after that uh, he's going to resign after resigning uh, there's a new president a new soda a new thing as though we never had all these things the next thing you know 2027 they realize the national development plan get 2030 no it's a revitalize national development plan 2055 and it's like for the who for the what so unfortunately you have a a a party that somewhat is in has no they have and and this is the best way to put it i think they have succession plans in terms of who will occupy which office when where and how the anc has decided who the leaders of the ruling party will be for at least the next 15 years but they don't have a succession plan in terms of any policy, in terms of any in, uh, any 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 implementation of, of 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 any of that policy. Because why? They have 
long forgotten and they have and you know one can say yes but in a globalized world they had to move from being a political party to being a government and that's all good and well mm. but at the fundamental core there are always those principles that no matter what is happening uh, you, you still hold on to them and i think uh, the best way to 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 further articulate it is i think the anc operates uh, whether as 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 different as they may think they are they operate like the da they think that they operate in a federal uh, system of governance uh, the way they go about things and how they operate uh, you would think that they 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 operate in a federal sense we focus on this new thing and that shouldn't be the case yeah because it, it, this is where we find ourselves yeah it presents a problem it's like a disconnect yes. of some sort yes. uh, that then also filters down all the way to uh, the electorates and then that's why then people would refer to the bullet trains and everything else in between exactly. that still has not been fulfilled uh, to date uh, i hear uh, there's something that you know uh, came to mind as well but i had someone in passing also saying it uh, that uh, post uh, the elections uh, there's a, a possibility of another state of the nation address uh, is is this where we find ourselves looking at the fact that uh, this is the last uh, state of the nation before the elections and this admin for this administration uh, d- d- it, how does that uh, work do we see uh, this particular state of the nation address also finding meaning uh, in uh, the new administration how are we expecting it to go yeah i think it's it's a matter of saying if uh, Cyril does not return as president, yeah, the new administration will have to come in. Uh, when we inaugurate the president, then they will have to make that uh, more like an inauguration speech. That's more setting the vision, yeah, that administration. But uh, I think it, it, it would be looked into that context, uh, if not following for the next year. So that has to be somebody in their victory speech to really reaffirm, if it's reaffirm what he said he's going to do, uh, how they're going to do in a new way. And for me, as Tori is saying, it also depends on who the advisors are. It looks like these shifting policies are also influenced by external people. If you are being funded by... EU and EU is saying, but we support you, but mm-hmm. sponsor a certain vision. And if the academics, like they invite Mutlung now as their new advisor, and I come in and I tell them, no, but there is new approach. And, you know, so I think it's also about lobbyists and it's also about advisors and, and critically who have to advise uh, the president. But for me, yes, it, it is really and looking into that aspect, I hear Tokuri likely president will come and well, they are looking at a coalition. And not to be sinister, but I think let's see what a coalition government nationally would look like mm. uh, to really disrupt the the status quo and hopefully see if we cannot reimagine a new path uh, in revitalizing the country. So I'm I'm looking forward to a victory speech by a coalition government. Mm. Tell me your understanding mm. of this. Yes, Kafeko, I, I think it was hit right on the nail. Mm. Uh, 
Yeah, my fellow speaker hit it right on the nail that it would only come at a time where uh, definitely if we see a new government and there's, there's you know, uh, there's, we're definitely seeing that the possibility of a coalition government is, is you know, there's a high possibility of that. So definitely it would be a, a matter of, you know, a new government that has come in or even a new uh, a president still under the ANC coming in that we would see that we would have a, uh, you know, another state of the nation address. But um, definitely my uh, previous speaker hit it right on the nail with that. Awesome. Tukhi, putting short uh, as we say goodbye to you. Yeah. Is that for me, <laughs> it was for Tori. <laughs> it took a deep pause there, and I'm like, he's still thinking uh, about well, what he's saying yeah. to the nation himself. Look, um, <laughs> I think my only parting shot is really this. Um, it's what we always say on a Monday, yeah. despite whatever may come and despite uh, whatever may be. Uh, there's a time where you would not find uh, four black people speaking uh, on a public platform and actively standing either in criticism or in favor of what's happening in the world. But here we find ourselves. Mm. And I think having heard so many despondent cries uh, from some of the callers and what we often engage upon, all I can really say is that the one thing that we take from this is the fact that it is really up to us. But what we always say, our country is a beautiful place and it's worth fighting for. And so this is the year that we must stand up and fight for it uh, through active participation, through engagement, and certainly continue that not just this year, but going forward as well. Sorry. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. A pleasure uh, as always. Let me also give you uh, a, an opportunity to give us your parting shot. I don't know if talk is still there. My parting shot <laughs> is how he speaks. I don't know how he breathes. <laughs> you know, it's so low, low key. <laughs> <laughs> I just love his demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I, I really enjoyed the forum here yeah. with the colleagues. Uh, thank you for, for having it. No, you're most welcome. Uh, Tabile, let me also give you that, that last part. <laughs> All right. So thank you, Kashlaka, uh, as always, for having me. Um, in my parting words yeah. to our listeners today is to say that, you know, I think this was echoed um, by, you know, my fellow speakers today to say that as this is, and there is a lot that we can do, that we don't have to sit back and let everything happen to us and let democracy happen to us, which is currently what is happening. But we can actually be participants and actively be a part of all of this, because even after the sauna, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, civil society organizations are even able to, you know, go back and say, government, this is what we want you to prioritize on. We are the ones that do work on the ground. So this is what we want um, for you to prioritize the budgets on. So that's after this one and after the budget speech, you know, there are requests that can be made and changes to the budget allocation. So I really believe it's, it's for citizens to also take that initiative and also get in, into contact with your community-based organizations and, and find out ways in which you can make a submission into making changes uh, should there be a need to make uh, uh, changes in terms of the ballot, uh, the, the budget allocation. 
Awesome. Atabilim Lule, thank you very much for your time and Dademutlong as well. I really appreciate you coming through. Lohi, for coming into the studio. It was really an amazing one. So our first round table for the year, this being for the Power Zone, it was our Sona 2024 round table. All eyes, of course, will be on President Sarah Ramaphosa, 7 o'clock shop there by the Cape Town City Hall, where he'll be giving us a sense of how then things are going to move into the year as we look at the last a state of the nation address for this particular administration also coming through at a time when there are elections that are also going to be declared within 15 days that what the presidency spokesperson said and also looking at the fact that we are 30 years into democracy and there's a lot riding on that particular aspect and where we find ourselves as a nation so thank you very much to everybody that rallied behind their round table You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.